So hello listeners, welcome to Money Talk with Patrick. I'm your host Patrick, creator of DC Trading and Trading Mentor. So in today's episode, I would like to talk about a very unexpected yet hilarious topic that came into light within the past few weeks. The episode will be about how Reddit got the best out of billionaire hedge funds while memeing about it. I will also be talking about the reasons behind the podcast, soft reboot, and how these will affect my content in the future. So before starting, I would appreciate it if you guys share this episode with any of your friends who are interested in what's happening just to spread the word. So hello once again, guys. Uh, I'm joined here with my friend Chris. I don't know if you want to say hello, Chris, just before uh, going ahead with the episode. Uh, hey everyone, my name is Chris. I am one of Patrick's students and I took his course. And I'm in general, I'm just a guy that likes to spend a lot of time lurking on Reddit with a decent interest in stocks and the overall market. That's also why I wanted uh, to talk with you, you know, bring you um, on the podcast because, you know, of your potential views. Uh, I know that we're basically on top of the pop culture right now, you know, with the millennial <laughs> culture and all that. So, uh, with GME and with all these that's uh, going on, of course, I have to give some thoughts. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's best because I've thought of myself of being almost kind of in, uh, in the conservative view or that kind of hedge fund view in some way because I have studied, I have uh, done some research on traditional uh, portfolio management, portfolio investing and so on. So you coming more from like pure, pure retail, I think it's, it's kind of like a best approach, you know, because there's nothing such as a black or white scenario. It's always kind of like gray and it's very interesting. But in any case, just before we start, I wanted to address kind of like what this soft reboot is about. And the reason is that, you know, for all the listeners uh, who are tuning into the podcast right now, they might, you, you, you might see that the name has changed from TC Trading Podcast to Money Talk with uh, Patrick. The main reason is because, you know, at the end of 2020, I learned a lot of lessons. I think, you know, for, for everyone, 2020 was a rough year. Uh, um, you know, and one of the things that I, I learned is, uh, and that I taught a lot in the course, is that you don't want to make trading your main focus. And I think you even know about this, you know, because I've, I've talked with you regarding, like, if you have a full-time job or a part-time job, how you accommodate trading to your lifestyle rather than you uh, moving your life around trading. So that's pretty much why I changed the name, you know, just to take away the focus on only trading, saying, okay, trading can be a part of your wealth creation. It's, of course, it's a business. It's something that's uh, feasible, but, you know, trading also has a lot of uh, bad reputation because a lot of people don't do due diligence and they don't, really have a strong uh, risk management and those a lot of people lose in the market and that's also why i didn't want to focus all on, on it on trading so it's basically the same podcast it's just that i'm going to be talking more about uh, broader terms uh broader uh, aspects of finance wealth growth uh you know financial planning i'm going to be talking more about that so i think that's everything i would like to say about uh, the soft reboot. So let's get into the topic because we're going to be talking about uh, how Reddit basically gave a huge blow, right, into well to this hedge uh, hedge fund. So I don't know if you want to give a couple words on the situation before um, before that. What do you think? So if you've never heard about, well, I mean, it's been all over the news uh, unless you've been living under a rock. Of, you've probably heard about GameStop and all the stocks going up like crazy 
there was a massive spike around like a five hundred dollar uh peak, and everyone's gotten getting crazy over it. Millennials are all over the place, and it's mostly heavily influenced by this Reddit sub called Wall Street Bets. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because I have been following at the subreddit way before, but. And my perspective from the subreddit is way different from what it is now. And I think that's something that it's been discussed uh, quite a lot, right? How the subreddit has changed and also how it, you know, it, it began basically from what they call uh, lost porn and, you know, big bets going around uh, uh, and for potentially life-changing, you know, opportunity. Like I've seen a lot of people... Uh, just bet a lot, you know, mortgages, uh, student loans. Uh, I mean, and the focus before uh, when I was there or what I saw is that it, it was kind of for you to put what you have lost so that you don't feel bad about your losses because you will <laughs> always see someone else losing more than you, uh, yourself. And this is something I even saw in some comments. So it's kind of like interesting how from something that's... Be pretty much uh, basically gambling in, in, in sort of sense. And, you know, they, they even call themselves uh, degenerates. And even in the crypto uh, market, in the crypto community, there is a lot of going on, uh, uh, going on about degenerate, uh, degenerate gamblers going around. So, you know, it, it, it's a big topic. I think they, of course, they take it as a meme, right? It's not like they really right. think that it's, it, it's all kind of like this. How you say, it's, it's not irony, but it's, um, you know, kind of like a different, uh, how we say, mood, a different style of, uh, you know, of being just memeing about it. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> well, at the end of the day, the thing is called Wall Street bets. It's not wall, called Wall Street investments. It's literally bets. So people like it's, it's if you've ever if you've heard of the GameStop thing and haven't heard, uh, don't know much about the Reddit itself. It's just a message board where people just go and place like you were saying their losses or wins when 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 they're investing a certain certain stock or a certain asset so people just usually put you need to understand what wall street betsy is so when people go to wall street like it's just this like meme community where people just do their daily due diligence uh and would post like hey i feel like this stock is gonna go up because of this this and this and then people just kind of like talk on the topic this is not a there's there's a lot of misinformation going on uh, around about it about it being like an organized uh movement when it's really not it's just a bunch of people just have some extra money on the side that just want to go invest some sometimes people yolo their their whole uh, investments <laughs> yes, and, and into some stocks but like this is more of a casino like people don't don't treat it as much more than that it's just an unorganized casino where people just share their thoughts on, on stocks and actually post actual memes it's 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 a, it's a very fun place but where like you were saying it's 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 grown a lot lately like a couple of weeks ago wall street bets at 1.6 million yeah, well, like 1. followers yeah. right now this morning it was uh, almost 8.7 million it's it's insane how much it has grown it has definitely taken a turn on what it really is and what it stands for but it's 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 a very interesting place and situation on the internet that we've never seen before to where you literally see that a subreddit with that many followers is changing and <laughs> making hedge funds go broke. Like that's just something that's unheard of. 
I mean, just being on the news and everywhere, you know, because everyone literally knows about this. And this is why, you know, I didn't really want to bother about speaking uh, about the details of what happened rather than giving, you know, more of our thoughts and briefly, you know, going around it. And, you know, you, you knew more than I, I, I did uh, because you were more connected into the subreddit even when we were speaking, you know, uh, through uh, WhatsApp and you were saying, hey, you know, this GME and this stuff is going up and we were talking about that. I didn't really get involved until I saw more about uh, kind of like the financials behind, you know, about this shoring, about what was really happening that it really picked up my interest. But I think for the sake of, uh, you know, for the people who are listening, we would need uh, to explain who is uh, deep, uh, for, uh, I don't know if we can say the, the word, but deep, uh, deep F value. Div, deep freaking value for the censored exactly. version. Uh, DFB for short. This person, uh, he's pretty much like to a lot of people, he's kind of like the messiah of like GameStop. He's just this investor. He's at, He actually did like financial studies and everything. So he actually knows what he's uh, doing. But uh, around a year ago, he saw the opportunity of investing on GameStop when it was at its lowest. So he invested, I think, around initially around $50,000 on GameStop stocks when it was at its lowest, when they announced uh, that business was not going well, possibly bankrupt and all this stuff. And that's what that's a very important part of the story. That's when hedge funds start shorting this company. And I'm sure Patrick will go into that in a second. But D, uh, DFB, he bought $50,000 worth of his savings. He's, he's not a wealthy man. He's just, he just saw an opportunity. He investigated this company and saw that they were going to change the way their market was working. They were going to change the way, because this is just a brick and mortar company. So in reality, uh, the opportunity of GameStop, like just lifting off of their, of based on their current way of doing business is not manageable. So uh, they're going to go e-commerce. They're going to start doing PC building stations and all this stuff. But like DFB knew all about this. But most importantly, he knew that it was going to be heavily shorted. So this person was heavily informed. And over the time when when he was being ridiculed. So initially when he was posting all these DDs on, on Reddit, people were making fun of him because they were like, how do you think a brick and mortar... Uh, company is going to go and just lift off of the ground and get into this m massive business when when it's about to go bankrupt. So it's very interesting to see him go from being ridiculed to become one of the most important characters in this story. So he is actually now going to be on, what's it called? Uh, a hearing, isn't it? He's going to be in a hearing with the Robin Hood CEO. Like, we, became, <laughs> we came from a meme from a main community to actual legal stuff where he's actually being investigated for managing, manipulating stocks, quote unquote. Well, he's not really for there for that, but like he's going to, he's going to be uh, speaking about it. So it's great. It's crazy to, to know, to see how this guy went from being completely ridiculed a year ago to literally being on a hearing right next to the Robin Hood CEO. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Definitely, that's something that we're gonna be covering a little bit more in terms of you know uh, how the media has tackled this because I do have a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> to say in in this regard. Uh, but let's 
go a little bit back into kind of like the financing, right? Because, I mean, you taken my course, so you already know what shorting is. You know, I gave a, a very brief explanation um, on how it's basically you getting or borrowing uh, an asset uh, so that you can sell it and with a, you know, price volatility, if the market goes uh, in your favor and, you know, prices go down, then you can repurchase those assets and then basically just uh, give them back and you get the profit, right? Or the price difference. So that's basically what shorting is. Now, the way that I understand this, and as you already covered, is that these hedge funds, uh, they were really shorting. And when I'm saying really shorting, I'm, I'm saying that it, they were showing more than the total number of shares available, right? Uh, which is something that's uh, been going around in terms of uh, the values and the data that uh, that's out there. So they were pretty much over leveraged on GameStop and other companies in terms of uh, of shorting. So of course, you know, uh, as you say, DFB uh, saw this uh, potential opportunity. Mainly, I, I don't know if it was really about... Uh, the hedge funds and how short it was or if it was more of the value proposition of okay this stock is very uh you know it's, it's very devalued uh, right now you know we're in the middle of the pandemic uh, and they are trying to change into potentially as you said e-commerce and all these new stuff so I, I don't know if it was something that he knew everything from the beginning or he invested and then he started learning and then then that's when the realization comes that oh this is really being uh, heavily shorted and more people started joining because, you know, the price uh, was going up. So the story behind that is DFB did not, like, he knew there was a possibility of uh, of a squeeze, and we'll get to that in a second, of how there's a possibility of one. But he was really just looking at the game, at the, at the company's value by itself. He, he was never basing his investment based on on the squeeze till way later, he actually saw that there was a value in the company and very important person in the story as well as, uh, I believe it's Steve O'Cohen. Um, he's actually in here, uh, taking over as a CEO, not CEO, my bad. Um, he's actually, sorry, Ryan Cohen. It's Ryan Cohen who, who, who we're talking about. He stepped into GameStop uh, he is the original creator, uh, CEO of Chewy, which is pretty much selling dog food at a loss and then became a multi-million dollar company. And he's just stepping in and, and, and GameStop, I think he announced that. And that really made the value go up because this guy literally made the whole dog company an e-commerce. So he literally raced from it and has the opportunity to change this company as a, a completely like completely turn around so this is a huge person that's uh involved in this and dfb saw value in that as well so pretty much his his progress on his study became to came to a point where it came to fruition as in like yes gamestop can do this they can change around their their market ryan cohen is gonna get involved he's gonna He's gonna put all, all all the all this e-commerce experience, and I think last week they announced that even more people from his team, from the Chewy team, are involved. So even if we don't count anything of like social media going on, the Reddit, anything like GameStop still has a possibility of of getting a high value. And DFB saw this, and a year ago where the where the stocks were like at five dollars or something under that, 
And to see it go all the way to 500, I mean, this guy went from like $50,000 to almost $50 million, yes, and, uh, yeah, almost $50 million without even considering a squeeze, which is just insane. I mean, the guy obviously already sold a few portions of his share, but last time I checked, the guy was still holding his shares. That's in like he knows there's something else coming up. So, yeah, um, a lot of people in the subreddit actually took him kind of like as a leader of like, if this guy is holding, even at a point where it's going down or up, like this guy has to know something when, when in reality, he didn't even ask for it. Like he didn't ask to be the image or representation of a full subreddit just because he made a good financial investment. So it's exciting to see that he's going to be doing the hearing and hopefully he won't be involved in any legal stuff because in reality, he's not responsible for anything. He just saw an opportunity. I mean, that, 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 that's just the power of the internet nowadays, isn't it? You know, a lot of things are happening. Uh, you know, I've talked about crypto. You, you can pretty much talk about anything. And the internet is kind of like this, uh, how, how do you say? It's like this catalyst for really expediting and making everything accelerate 10 times, 100 times faster than it would normally do. And I think a lot of these companies have, and hedge funds, they have not realized the power of the real internet and the power of kind of like decentralization of information and how everyone can make their own decision in the end. Or they do, they make their own decision, right? But the information is readily available for them to see and then take a, judge, a judgment on that. Now, the thing here that I, I also wanted to point out is that in terms of, you know, of what was happening with the hedge funds in terms of them kind of like um, shorting and depreciating the value or betting against the company uh, in order to go bankrupt, I think most of them, uh, they didn't realize or they did with a mentality of uh, Blockbuster, right? Blockbuster what was doing before. They were selling uh, movies, you know, you could rent them and so on. And then, of course, they didn't adapt quickly enough uh, to this new era with uh, Netflix and with, you know, uh, streaming of different movies, different uh, series out there so they, they they didn't really adapt quickly enough in order to make uh you know to change uh, the, the entire market or the entire industry that they were uh, aiming at now i think that there is a lot of lessons learned in that respect because you know something similar is happening now where everything is going more digital you know instead of buying video games uh, with a disc a lot of people are starting to buy digital downloads and there's a lot of, uh, you know, even with uh, Microsoft, Xbox, uh, with this uh, Game Pass, there, there's a lot of kind of like a new idea of having more of a Netflix for games rather than just uh, having uh, to purchase games individually, right? And, and these are all things that are going kind of against uh, GameStop. But again, these are lessons that they can learn from the past, right? Learn about uh, block, Blockbuster. And I think that, uh, for instance, hedge funds didn't believe that these was potentially the case maybe they, they were thinking more like okay you know this happened with blockbuster this is kind of the same scenario it's only for video games let's short it instead of thinking like outside a picture and how can you know these companies adapt uh, because i think th- this is what gamestop is doing and you know we're gonna be talking about the price in a moment uh, but for me you know uh, in the beginning i was like yeah you know it makes sense if someone bets against gamestop because everything is going more digitally. Of course, they rely more on selling, uh, uh, kind of like having that commission when they sell games, right? Uh, being Xbox, being uh, 
PlayStation uh, with Sony, whatever. Uh, and just the fact that everything is going more digitally it really put a threat on on their backs, right? I think now they have the opportunity to kind of change, which is what you uh, were talking about, uh, Ryan Cohen, and all these like new turn into their business model, which might really uh, make a big impact. So th that's also why I think that there's a potential good opportunity on this regard. Now, talking about the price, only the price, you know, I wanted kind of to to give, uh, to be in, 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 in the middle ground, I want to kind of give a neutral position, but I want to hear uh, your opinions of just on the price, you know, when you saw something going from, I don't know what it was. It was like $5, $10. It was way less than that, going all the way to 500 you know, because I know that, you know, you were involved in that. What, what, what were your thoughts, you know, just looking at that price change? So my story with uh, GameStop, it's like if, if you've been on Reddit for a while, you've heard of Wall Street Bits at some point. Like, like their community is so massive that you, you get to see their posts on popular like all the time. So you've heard at some point, I heard about it a couple of times, but I, re I didn't really like, had any interesting at the time to to invest right away in, in, into a stock, especially when it was just pretty much a casino, because it's literally the name. But uh, eventually, one day, this post just got blown up about GameStop going from like just a couple, a few, a few dollars to like fourteen, and it was like an eighty percent increase or something like ridiculous. So I heard about it and. And I was like, wow, that's that's weird. Like, and then you start reading all these DDs about uh, about it going even higher, and you're like, you know what? Okay, like maybe this is worth uh, trying out. So I got in and like subscribed to this rate when it was when GameStop's price was a uh, thirty three dollars. Uh, then I invested a hundred dollars. Be like, hey, this is just kind of like a fun meme stock that everyone's <laughs> yeah. talking about. Might as well just put like you know. Uh, some money towards it see where it goes right and i feel like that's the way a lot of people started thinking about this it's like this thing just went up like almost a hundred percent and it might keep going up like why not just put a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars if you have the money uh on it and then over the next couple of days it goes up to like 66 and you're like whoa like what is going on that like that's a that's an increase of like hundreds a hundred percent higher than the literally the last uh, spike and then it kept going higher and higher to the point where it gets to like four it'll almost hit a 500 500 and something 513 i believe like at some point which was the highest peak that we've had over the last month when it was literally a year ago violated five dollars so <laughs> kind of like thinking questioning yourself like actual investors so going back to what you were saying about hedge funds shorting it from a logical standpoint, it's so it's it's it makes sense that this was going to be the next blockbuster. But I feel like a lot of people didn't take into account hedge funds logically shorted. Their mistake was overshorting it because it had a shorting percentage of a hundred forty something percent. Yeah, at one point, right? Ridiculous! Like it's it should it, that should not even be possible in the first place. So you, their mistake was considering that it was going to be the next blockbuster. When GameStop, if you think about it, it's and a lot of people, like, from a U.S. standpoint, all the children that are now millennials and now have some capability of investing through Robinhood or simple apps like that, they grew up with those stores. They had, There's this sentiment going around of GameStop was meant yeah, it's, for it's a, a lot of people a lot. The nostalgia, isn't it? You know, it's nostalgia. It's similar to Midnight releases and all that. You know, there's a lot of sentiment uh, 
and uh, feelings in there. And I, I and I, as you said, you know, it's. I think it's, it's impressive because right now the people who are having more and more power is people like us, you know, that we are young adults that we are, you know, starting to work, starting to get some savings. And you can't, well, you, you've seen it with the power of the internet. We are starting to be able to get our minds more uh, educated regarding investing, regarding what's happening and so on. Uh, one of the things here uh, that I wanted uh, to talk about, um, you know, as you said, in, in terms of having a bet against a company, yeah, it made, it made a lot of sense why hedge funds would be shorting um, uh, GameStop, you know, for the reason that we said. Of course, it, the, as you said, the problem was that they were overshorting it, that, uh, you know, it was more than realistically should be uh, the case. Now, something that I want to clarify, and mainly uh, for, you know, for the listeners, of course, I'm not financial advisor or anything. But this is my due diligence, and you always need to say that because that's the that's the truth. You know, you don't want people to be blaming you uh, for their actions when you don't do research, and you know that's kind of like your opinion. And this is also why, you know, in brackets for the for the title of this video, it's really an opinion because this is kind of like our input. Uh, but in terms of shorting, is you know, shorting is a tool. And I think I, I've, I've seen a lot of misconception even on Reddit because people say it should be illegal. You know, there's there's a good, you know, use of shorting, you know, because in reality, if you have a market that cannot be shorted, uh, what you end up having is like in crypto in 2017, you know. Uh, you know, I like crypto. I like where it's going. I like how it's maturing. But in, you know, 2017, it was purely these ICO bubbles when uh, companies would say, oh yeah, I have a cryptocurrency now, I'm releasing a paper and everyone would be buying like like, like crazy just because they had a paper. They, they didn't have anything to show. They did not have any like real project going on. Yet people would go and buy and they would uh, make kind of this, uh, this bubble increase, right? That's why at the end of 2017, uh, the, the futures market released for Bitcoin, giving the ability to short Bitcoin, and that's when the when this uh, bubble popped, right? So there is good reasons uh, for this because in the end, if you would have had this financial instrument, you know this mobile this bubble might not even have have happened in you know in exactly in that yeah. time being, and that it might have been good because a lot of people who FOMO in, in at the end, you know, in this uh, euphoric uh, peak, a lot of them lose. Uh, lost everything. I mean, I I, I have not even um, told my story yet. I might do it in a, in another episode. But you know, I made a lot of money in the cryptocurrency peak, and I lost uh, the same money that I made because <laughs> I was not ready. You know, because the internet has not seen such euphoria before. But now coming into into GME, that's why I was more cautious because you know now I have the experience of looking how how that behaved, and that's when initially I was like, okay, you know what, this is, this might be another bubble that's gonna come down, and that's why I stay on the sidelines for a long time, just watching what's uh, what's happening, uh, mainly not to fall more, you know, at three hundred, two hundred. That's that that that's what I'm waiting. Uh, but something that you know it might be really good to talk about is how. You know, everything changed really, right? As you said from Reddit, it was not really about, yeah, let's get the hedge funds. It, it, that, that from the beginning, it wasn't kind of like, it, it wasn't a movement at all. It, it was li literally just a bet uh, or 
someone saying, you know, this, this might be a, this is my opinion. This is my uh, view on the market. I think there's a good opportunity here, and then other people joining. But the interesting part for me is how this became like a real movement against Wall Street, right? And this comes when there's a lot of back, um, not back backslash, but there's a lot of uh, how you say, you know, push from the other side, you know. Uh, Things going out with Robinhood, restrictions on trading. Uh, that, of course, you might think like, you know, there's a reason for that. But the way that they handle it, uh, the way of the communication, because, you know, something that I've learned is that transparency and communications is going to be key right now. Because with the internet, we have a lot of information, much more than we can handle at one time. So if you're not clear from the beginning, you know, that's where everything goes, uh, goes wrongly. And I'm talking more, mostly about Robinhood because on a technical side, on a legal standpoint, there's a reason why all these restrictions happen. But just the fact that they were just uh, not straightforward, they were not communicating properly, you know, makes the idea that, uh, you know, that the retail investors were attacked, which in a sense they were, you know, and this is, this is why this is not black and why this is just a big uh, gray mess in terms of, there's a lot of things that are true. There's a lot of things that are not. There's a lot of things that we don't even know. Uh, you know, because talking about Robinhood and the restrictions, it, it, you know, it feels like it's, it's, it, it really feels like sabotage. You know, like when you see the stock growing up so high and then all of a sudden you cannot buy or you're restricted to buy a certain amount of stock, but yet you can sell your stock, right? And all of a sudden, you know, everything is halted if you want to buy, but if you want to sell, you know, you can, yeah, for sure you can do it. And there is all this questioning beginning with, uh, oh, oh, what is it, uh, Melvin Capital with this, uh, CTLL and, you know, in which these hedge funds are basically, you know, that they are shorting, right? And you are, and you know, that they are supporting each other. And then all of a sudden for retail investors, hey, you cannot buy. And that's where I think these started heating up as a movement. Because people started to realize, hey, you know, then why just uh, not let you don't let us trade, basically, and you know, yeah. and this is kind of like when you start seeing uh, Democrats, Republicans, people with opposite views, pretty much uniting over this topic, saying, hey, yeah, you know, you know, if Wall Street made a bet, you have to be, re you have to recognize that, you know, it, in in the end, the stock market is a bet. Maybe even if you're investing, exactly. it either goes up or, or goes down. You know, you can't control the market and you can make uh, wrong decisions. And this was definitely the wrong decision by uh, Wall Street or by these funds because it's not the entire Wall Street. And that's kind of like another misconception that I think people are talking like it, it's us against them, whether there's a lot of funds that they were even uh, purchasing uh, GameStop as well. You know, this is, this is just a big mess, I, I would say. But I mean, what, what do you think about that? So I think that that was their big mistake. Their big mistake is, like we said initially, this was just a, oh, they made this bet. We made this. So we made this one. So it was just kind of like, a, okay, you messed up. Now it's your time to pay. Like whether you're a hedge fund or whatever you are, it doesn't matter. You made a bet that this was going to get super shorted and you thought that the company was going to go bankrupt. You are actually causing... Uh, people to lose their jobs, but you're perfectly fine with it by shorting it for 140%, which it shouldn't even be possible in the first place. And then 
people start making money out of it when they start investing on it because they want it to go they don't want it to go away it's kind of like well you messed up now's your now's the time for you to pay like whether you go bankrupt or not that's not the retail investor's problem that is your own problem but then you start seeing illegal movements of like robin hood just stepping in which is also like associated with 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 citadel like they're one of the investors so they they kind of had they kind of have to have a hand on it but you know the u.s is well respected for their loss and how there's nothing kind of like in a gray area most of the time and like you got to respect it but then you have all these hedge funds like just literally breaking the laws by limiting your purchasing but not limiting your selling and then they make up these excuses of like you know it's a capital thing where they need to have a certain amount of money in their bank to be able to pay exactly. it in case the the, the hedge funds can't and it's, it's it's pretty unfair that's that's exactly the moment where it goes from oh we're gonna make a lot of money to this to oh now this is a movement because you're 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 messing with the market you're not just paying what you owe you're literally messing with the market to try to get out of it and on top of that you're trying to make money out of it so that's where you tick people off i mean that's what that's where hedge funds like have this really boomer mentality of yeah we have the control over it like there's no way these guys are gonna win yeah i i think you're uh you're nailing it and that's exactly what i was thinking in terms of robin hood because you know it is a fact that they have to comply with regulations you know every broker does and it is a fact that you know i I think it's called a depository trust company that basically gives a guidelines of how much uh, these brokers have to pay in anticipation you know and it's i I think it's called a t plus two days uh, when if you are buying a stock you know they give the 10 percent down payment or something like that then in two days they actually fulfill that order and you get the stock as a as a customer so i think the problem or one of the problems in that respect was that because of the volatility, you know, they wanted to charge kind of like a premium or increase that uh, that initial deposit, which made it so that uh, I think even they even stated Robinhood that they they were charged well not charged but they were required to give like three billion almost in liquidity because of of the trading volatility. So it's definitely that thing here is that it's 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 a big mess, right? Because it's everything at the same time where where you know that there is some kind of like links to Citadel to other hedge funds, but at the same time they are required for these regulations. And the truth is that w- there is a lot that we don't know, and that's a problem, right? There is not tra- not enough transparency so that we can say, oh, this is what happened. So this is why a lot of people are speculating on, on a lot of things, and probably a lot of this. I mean, you, I guess you can call them conspiracies, or maybe the the reality is that you can't prove that it's the case but you cannot you can't also prove the 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 other side you know there's there's a lack of uh, clear information out there and that's uh, exactly the problem because if this was the case you know they might have just uh, went down and say you know we are required by law to give this kind of like uh, money but we don't have it so we're going to have trading but not only have trading for buying but also for uh, selling right so basically just be like hey until we pay this money there is no more trading at all and this is where the downside happens because you are allowed to sell, but you are not allowing to buy. So you are biased towards the selling side, exactly. right? That, 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 that's the main problem. That's the problem. Uh, because, you know, if you will have seen uh, them doing like, okay, we're just halting trading at all, you know, and, and, say, and, and, and giving like, a, you know, those PR 
uh, updates saying, you know, this is the situation. Uh, for this reason, we're just going to close the trade at all. Uh, you're not going to be able to buy, but you're also not going to be able to sell until we fix that, that problem, which is what didn't happen. And that's, again, where all this movement became uh, more hidden, right? Uh, now, one of the things that I really wanted to touch on as well was, you know, even, even for me, like, the more I read about what was happening with Wall Street bets, the more I read about what people did, like that's that that's what really got into me and why I, I decided to buy some some of it, uh, you know, some of uh, GameStop and some of uh, AMC. And the reason is because I saw people really doing good things when they got the money, right? When right. You know, they, they bet it as well, yeah. and they with, with the earnings they were really giving out to charity. They were. I, I, you know, the, the one that I saw that was, you know, really strong for me was that a guy bought a lot of uh, switches and went to a children's hospital just to give them away for free, you know. They were doing a lot of charity. Uh, I saw people rewarding, you know, workers at GameStops, uh, you know, yep. at the restaurants, they were giving like huge tips just to be like, hey, you know what? You know, I got something positive that I w was not expecting. I want to give something good back into the world, you know. I saw a lot of posts of people that, you know, that they were suffering and maybe they have like uh, someone uh, needed surgery. Now they had the money to pay for their family members. Uh, and yep. That's something that you don't see with the hedge funds, right? Because uh, even if, I, because I know that there's some philanthropies out there, but you don't really focus on, hey, we made a killing. Let's spread it. Let's give away some of it because, you know, it's, it's kind of like a moral I, I don't want to say it's a duty, but it's like fading humanity restored. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't yeah. see that from these big companies. And this is why I, I got more passionate into this topic, because when I saw that, I was like, you know, these people are good. And I thought of myself, like, even if, you know, I bought uh, GME or whichever stock that's in, into this, uh, I would rather I would rather prefer to lose my money against people who are selling because they're good they're doing good things with it or they're you know giving to charity um blatantly losing it against a hedge fund or blatantly losing it against people who don't care you know and i'm saying this because i come from the cryptocurrency community and cryptocurrency market with man no one gives uh, no one gives a crap about each other it's literally i want money and i want you to buy it because i know that if you buy the price increase and it's 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 all for me you know and it's like uh, buyers versus uh, sellers, uh, you know, longers versus shorters, and each side really despises the other. It's like, hey, I hope you go bankrupt. I hope that you lose everything, and I'm gonna get it uh, from you. And all that entire switch from this community, I was like, you know, damn, <laughs> like people really yeah, care. Yeah. People really have motivation, and really have a good. Uh, they believe in something good. You know, and they, they are willing to be like, okay, I received this much. Well, I'm gonna give it back in some way, uh, you know, just to keep kind of like this uh, chain of good deeds. Yeah, I feel like there's so many psychological aspects to the subject because there's one side which is the math is in our favor. We're gonna get a short squeeze and a few gamma squeezes out of this and we're going to make a lot of money. You have the investors who are like straight headed, like this is going to happen. We're going to make money. Then you have the people who hate the big companies, the hedge funds are like, you know what? Have the hedge funds, 
we don't want to do that. Like, we just want you to go down. I will take a loss as long as you pay interest on it because I know that even if I like lose a thousand dollars in a day, you're gonna lose millions. So I don't care. Yeah, even if it goes down to zero, I will keep and hold to my shares just so you pay interest on them for heavily shorting this market. And then you have other conspiracy theories who think uh, other stuff. And then you have the hedge funds own side of like, we we got to like defend ourselves. We got to somehow not go bankrupt because at the end of the day, you got to consider that as much as of, 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 of a jerk that these people are, they still have jobs and they, 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 that's their money. It's like at the end of the day, everyone wants to make some money, but there's this sentiment of like a few people, like you mentioned, the, the, this really popular guy who made, I think he only made $30,000 on, he didn't make like millions. He just made $30,000. He decided to go buy 10 switches, give it out of hospitals. Some people paid their student debt, like you were saying. Some people paid off their mortgages. Some people um, brought their families from other countries. Like this is life-changing opportunities for a lot of people. Definitely. And then that's the sentiment from like 8 million people and one sub seeing how these hedge funds were billionaires who are like about to lose their boats because they have to sell them because they're going bankrupt. Like, dude, you have a great life. Like there was this one that really pissed off everyone off, which is, this is the kind of like news headlines that you see that really upset people of like hedge fund manager says that he's just, quote unquote, trying to make a living. Yeah, like, dude, you're not trying to make a living. You're just trying to buy your fifth boat or your fourth house or your whatever. These people are actually helping out other people. And it's, 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 it's crazy. It's beautiful to see how many people have cleared out debts and helped out other people just because this is a retail investor. This is your average person who put $1,000 on it, 500 bucks on it. And if they got really early onto this, they made a load of money later on. And there's a lot of people just hoping to have some sort of chance against these huge markets. And a, a good subject about this is how much more access people have nowadays. It's it's no longer back in the day where you need to be to actually go to college, to study finance, to actually get into investments and stocks and all this stuff. Now you're literally two clicks away from just investing your first stock. You, you get to hear from like, I heard Mark Cuban's kid invested their own money like on buying two three shares of amc or gme just because they heard of it on tiktok like this is such a huge internet movement now at this point where like people just don't even care about the money as much but it's more about how everyone else all the hedge funds and 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 the government have manipulated the market into like not even giving the retail investor a chance so the, the mentality of this whole movement is so strong that that's why it's it's it, it keeps going. That's why it, like it's not really fading away. Like you even see the GameStop price go down, and still see thousands of people post daily like, "Hey, I'm still holding just because I want to make a difference." Yeah. So and it's it, all this that's very important. Diamond Hands uh, movement, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think uh, in terms of describing what you just said is that. This is basically the best wealth distribution that there has been in a long, long time. Because you're not talking about affecting the livelihood of people with billions, right? Like, you know, they already have that much money. They already have the assets. You know, if they lose millions, if they lose billions, it's not like, you know, they're going to be on the street uh, homeless. You know, that's that, that's almost a fact because they, they probably already invested into real estate or whatever. Yeah. But on the opposite side, you're really helping a lot of people. Or people are really 
changing their lives, right? It's and and I think that's that's kind of like what's uh, very important. And you know, even in the subreddit right now, it's it's very messy because you you went from one point five million to eight point five million people, and now there is a lot of uh, controversial topics and a lot of different opinions, and some of them are positive, some of them maybe are from people who are trying to sabotage the movement, you know, like it, it reached this point that it's so big that you can't know for sure. But something that I am pretty certain that we know for sure is that take on the news outlet. And this is, you know, just before almost finishing with, uh, with today's episode, it's something that I wanted, I wanted to cover. And this is kind of like me giving uh, partly, uh, partly a rant about it, I would, I, I would guess. Uh, is, is the disappointment on the lack of research and misinformation by a lot of the media. And it's crazy. Like, and it really makes me mad because you know it's, it's a lie. You, you know, if you take five minutes to research, to go into the subreddit and actually read through it, read through the people's comments, and read through what has been posted from different videos, you would get the right perspective. But yet you write such outrageous headlines that are just uh, fake. Just to uh, give some uh, examples, you know, they were talking about the, uh, the silver squeeze right in the moment saying, oh, now Reddit wants to squeeze uh, silver because there's a lot of hedge funds that are trying to short it. But, you know, you go back into, into the subreddit, there's nothing about silver. In fact, people are saying, you know, you should not do this because they're trying to uh, kind of like deviate the attention from GME into silver. And it was almost the same thing uh, with uh, Dogecoin at one point because I think there's different communities, right? Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I know that there's uh, this new community, Satoshi Bets, Wall Street, no, there's Satoshi Street Bets, I think. I mean, this is kind of like out of, uh, of, of context, but from what I know, uh, Wall Street Bets don't really like kind of like the crypto community. And the reason, I mean, I do understand the reason and I do agree with it is because the crypto community can be can be very toxic and most, most of the day they are mainly busy on shilling coins rather than really caring about the movement or about what's happening, which I think that's the main difference. But I mean, regardless of that, uh, the point is that they were trying to portray like, oh yeah, this subreddit, these people did all this when it was not the reality, right? And you know, I, I, and I, I think even one of the headlines were like, oh, this subreddit is basically from the extreme right group and they're being misogynistic and they're yeah. being this and that. Well, man, in fact, we probably are kind of like more liberal uh, in, in, in our mindset than most people because, you know, it's young people in there. It's, it's people who believe more than, you know, I, I don't want to say everyone because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in there that might have different opinions, but you know, if we're there, it's because we have a, a, a broader uh, mindset than yeah. the average uh, boomer, I would say, right? And I, I just wanted to, you know, to literally just uh, bring uh, the news outlets that I've seen that they were pretty much uh, lying, which was like CNN, you know, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Bloomberg in some of their posts that they were kind of like giving misinformation if you are into the group. And I, I've been wondering, what, what do you think about that? Because, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of like ranting at some point, but I don't think it's uh, unjustified in this case. This is when it starts getting, when you start diving more into the conspiracy theories of like, 
are the news media outlets actually biased in getting paid for by the hedge funds to report on stuff that is not accurate? So you have news headlines like say like, oh, the squeeze already happened. People are jumping onto other stocks. People are jumping onto silver, like you mentioned. Like no one, not a single person on Reddit started like promoting silver when they're literally at the peak of the GameStop movement. When all these news media outlets, because this was before like the huge spike, like CNN, uh, uh, MSNBC, all, all these like huge media outlets are reporting first uh, the silver thing. Then the the subreddit somehow managed like by alt right people, and then there's so many fake news out there, and and I hate using the term fake news because it's been misused <laughs> yeah, for such a long time. But like you could you could literally experience it as one of the 8 million members how all these news outlets like are promoting that people need to jump onto something else and you start thinking okay like if because there was one of one of the important news headlines was like oh uh melvin capital already covered all their shorts like they're out and you see ads being ran for it like why are you running ads for to let people know that people yeah. are out like if people are still holding let them hold like if if you're recovered why are you paying ad space to promote that they already cover their yeah. shorts why would you try to push this narrative if it's why would, yeah, exactly done, right? like if it's already done why publish it like at, at this point if they actually cover the shorts then people will start losing money by buying even more so why promote it why keep and, and you keep seeing it every single day over the <laughs> last two weeks GameStop's going down. Oh yeah, GameStop's going down. Oh, people are jumping onto the next one. People are trying to, to, to create a silver squeeze. When the silver squeeze is pretty, pretty much from, and this might be misinformation on my part, but like, it's pretty much, it has a huge market cap. Like, causing a silver squeeze is highly unlikely on, on that market, and you could see that Reddit is not promoting that whatsoever like they might talk about blackberry nokia but because these are like other markets that have been short as well or like where some people see some some investment worthy companies like blackberries now they're not they're not doing their main market's not cell phones anymore they're doing cybersecurity now so people are like oh jump into blackberry like yes wall street bets is not like a gamestop movement only like <laughs> yeah. they have other stocks in mind like amc was a huge part like side hustle from this moment as well, because there were both companies that were going bankrupt that were getting shorted one way higher than the other, but they're still like being promoted because people have this sentiment of like, I think AMC can come back after COVID and all this stuff, but you cannot just promote fake headlines where like, it's literally coming from a boomer standpoint of yeah, let's just hop on something that no one else is talking about. And then Jesus, like like you were saying before, this whole point is it's just it's 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 a weird thing. Uh, it, you you gotta consider <laughs> that they're somehow involved. Like CNN and, and all the news outlets have like are in the hedge fund side. They're part of the that top one percent who's making all this money, all this yeah. stuff. I mean, th th don't th want th the retail investor to have this much power. And I feel like this is key for it more than the GameStop movement being over or whatever. I feel like they just don't want the retail investor to have this much power because you saw GameStop go from nothing to an insanely overrated price 
and you can call it a bubble and whatever you want, but this was the power of the internet. This is the power of people who want to change. This is the power of people who just want to make some money like the hedge funds are doing right now. It's literally just reverse. It's a role reversal. Like retail investor now has power to drive all these people to buy a stock that they see worth on. And hedge funds who are who had control for so many decades, for so many years, now are like, what do we do now? And we, you got to adapt. You got to regulate it differently. You can't just stop people from being able to trade. That's just, to me, that should be completely legal. And then you see these halts when the price goes up, when it starts just pumping and pumping. You, you see the, the stock going up and you see all these halts that... that that the SEC is putting onto it, but if it starts going down like by 60% in the matter of an hour, no one's doing anything. So you got to at least consider in some way, shape or form that other people are involved in this. And this is so much bigger than the retail investor, but like people are underestimating the power of the internet by how many 8 million people are. And, and this is not just Reddit. This is the most important part. Like Reddit was not the first one to hop on the GameStop movement. It was so many other like message boards that that, that are here and there, and people that saw that this was heavily short. It was just it's just it was just a math problem in the beginning, and everything the hedge funds did was make it and piss off online people, and then you have everyone saying go buy GameStop on Reddit, on TikTok, on Instagram, yeah. on Twitter. It was. Robin Hood was trending for a full day, number one of when they started, when they stopped trading all the, when, when they stopped letting people buy. So you're driving the price down literally artificially by literally not letting your retail investor, who is the people, who are the people against your movement, who are actually driving the price up, you're stopping them from doing anything. So as much as the conspiracy theories some people can get, you, you, you got to at least consider that there's really yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of misinformation out there yeah i know i, I mean i, I share the same feeling uh you know uh, to an extent and uh, i mean uh, that, that's why i really was kind of like ranting mainly on the news outlets because it's that one thing that you can't really know if they're lying or not you know because you are seeing the situation you are in the subreddit you see the comments you see the posts and then you see the headlines and at one point I was uh, thinking, okay, are they doing it because they're clickbaiting? They just want abuse? Or are they really doing it because they're sided uh, with, uh, you know, with the hedge funds and everything? And as you said, just the way that they're trying to push that narrative so hard and how like all of a sudden when the price went uh, tumble like more than 50% in one day, uh, all of a sudden, you know, everything stopped regarding silver. All of a sudden, everything stopped regarding other things. Uh, you know, it's kind of like very, very convenient on the timing, which makes you feel kind of like, you know, like this is way too convenient to be happening at the same time. And that's where, you know, all these kind of um, ideas come up that, you know, it, it might be true that they're all kind of like gathering together against the retail a trader which you know in the end as you said the internet is very powerful uh you know I, i've seen it even you know with crypto the idea of decentralizing is key it's gonna be key even going in into the future and probably you know uh because it's it's already been almost an hour so uh, it's time to wrap up the episode but probably we will be able to talk more about decentralization the power of the internet in another episode and how that will impact our uh, our economies right and more than anything uh, you know you and 
I as a millennial, how is that impact the way that we invest, the way that we make money? Because it's going to be completely different to what uh, boomers did a long time ago, which, you know, housing was way cheaper. They probably were earning more money in terms of uh, inflation uh, against right now. You know, probably they have better opportunities to buy real estate cheaper, just hold it, you know, then 10 years, 15 years, 20 years after it, or five times, and that's where you get a lot of people, old people uh, with a lot of money. But do we have the same opportunity? I don't think so. I think that we are creating our own opportunities, and definitely the internet is one of those tools that we need to use, and we need to keep kind of like uh, sensor-free. We need to keep it like uh, unmanipulated because that's, that, that was even a big topic in the U.S. Uh, when they wanted... Uh, what, what was it called when they wanted uh, like different companies, uh, the ISPs and so on, to control the speed of your internet based on which... Oh, uh, net neutrality? Yeah, exactly, that net neutrality, that, that, that's a big thing. And I think if something, you know, if, if any of the listeners are, are, are still here, if, if there is something that we really need to fight for, it's kind of like this transparency and decentralization of power in terms of the internet, because that's, at least for us, it's going to be our voice. That is basically what's uh, really going to, help us uh, not only build a world, but also like make an impact, a positive impact in the world. So I think it's time to wrap this up. I just want to end it. Where do we go from here? And this is, you know, purely subjective because we don't really know. Uh, In my opinion, I think, you know, in terms of the price, in terms of what we were talking more about kind of like the financial side, I would say, you know, there, obviously, there is uh, a, a big fact is that there's been uh, low liquidity, right? Because it's been a lot of shorters or a lot of people who are frenzy buying. So there's no middle ground. It's not, you know, we're at a state that, yeah, it might be overvalued, but does, does that even matter? No, it doesn't, right? It's more about kind of like what what, what is happening with these emotions, with this story, with this movement that's going to be more important than the economics behind it. And that's what uh, these people and the, uh, people who are shorting all these hedge, hedge funds don't understand is that this is not really about economics. There's nothing like, oh yeah, it should be ten, value ten dollars. It's gonna be ten dollars. No, that's over. You know, the internet's here. Uh, people are here. They're getting more educated. They're they're getting involved. So, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that if this keeps holding, you know, if the whole movement keeps uh, holding, this might be the first time that you know we can see some hedge funds getting liquidated uh, for using margin and shorting and potentially see that price going up. You know, it really depends on what the people do, how they stick together, because I know that there's been, you know, when everything's up and euphoric, you will see a lot of, uh, of movement. But when things are down is where you will see the real strength and what people real, the people's real intent is, right? And when things are at their low, where you know when there's blood uh, on the streets, that's when you see the, what the movement is really about. So, you know, if that, if that's the case, then I I don't doubt that the stock will go even lower. What what's your standpoint on, on on all this? So where do we go from here? I feel like a few things should or might happen is that with all a few politicians, even Republicans and Democrats. Uh, agreeing in the subject of like people shouldn't be able to manipulate the market uh hopefully we'll see some kind of change in regulations and how on how stocks and even cryptocurrency 
uh, has to have to be managed. It's, there's there's just this it, this can't be repeated. That's one point. Another point is hedge funds will be way more careful with mm. what they short and how much they short it for, because this just cannot be repeated again as as, as well. This is no one will take such a huge chance of someone finding out that this one's that a said company is going to get insanely shorted and don't expect from people for people to jump into it like all of a sudden like people are going to be way more aware of this and then the hearing also with the robin hood ceo and dfb and everything like that i feel i i we need to get something out of that like i i hope dfb gives gives a good image to reddit and that this doesn't come off as like a, a market manipulation from a retail yeah. investor standpoint uh, but more as of a, like uh we need to regulate this a little bit more and Something that we already saw happen is like with all this craze of GME being manipulated, and you, know, you see as well, is that cryptocurrency is going to take a, 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 a huge chunk of all these clients of like, okay, everyone wants something decentralized. You're not, I'm not going to let anyone manipulate the market anymore. So I'm going to move on to an asset that cannot be manipulated and completely decentralized, which is why pretty much Dodge uh, Coin increased so much in price over the last few days is like people saw that amc got halted and amc and gme got halted and and pretty much like messed with so they were like you know what whatever let's just pump dutch coin and and yeah. and see where we go from there yeah. so there's a huge chance for cryptocurrency to make its way to open its way more into like a common market and hopefully a few decades from now uh, it becomes used as a, as a yeah currency. definitely uh, I mean what you're hinting is that the decentralized finance which is huge in crypto that's something we're looking at uh, you know uh, not counting in the pumps and dumps in different cryptos because you know that that still happens but decentralized finance is that big deal I you know that, that's a whole other topic another thing just before finishing that that kind of popped in my mind uh, while you were talking is that you know these hedge funds took it for granted. They took the opportunity for granted because even even you that you went through my course and you know we went through trading and one of the most important parts is risk management, right? Definitely, they, they did not have risk management because even as a hedge fund, you would need to consider the the downside if you're wrong, right? So these people definitely are manipulating the market and they are so good at it, and no one has challenged them that they took it for granted, and this is what happened. Because you should have had stops, you should have uh, had, you know, uh, a, a plan to uh, cover your positions if things went wrong. And clearly, they didn't because they blown, yeah. they blew like uh, twenty billion. You know, they needed to be almost bailout. Uh, you know, a, a injection from another company. They didn't uh, have an exit plan. That, that was exactly. It. So you know, it's going to be very interesting. Hopefully, I think uh, you know, definitely, we will have kind of like a part two. A, maybe some weeks seeing how this develops what happens with the hearing and everything but well in any case uh, chris thank you very much for joining me it was a pleasure to have you uh it i, I feel like you know uh, talking with someone of what's happening uh you know it's it's clearly more relatable not only that it's you know it's also a real perspective on what's happening because it's not like oh yeah these professionals are talking this you know this is the view of most people you know what we think is happening so thank you very much for joining thank you for having me
Yeah, no problem. So in any case, listeners, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Money Talk with Patrick. 2021 will surely be an exciting year for the markets and for the memes for sure. Remember to always do your due diligence before investing and never risk more than you can afford to lose. So thank you very much for listening and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.